All right. As I say with a busy throat, you know, you have to admire their, you have to admire their, uh, their, their imagination, their imagination and their creativity. Uh, GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. You have to admire how the far left has turned all of this gutter-level stuff that they throw at us on a daily basis into an art form. So many facets, so many things in, in play. Because this is a survival mechanism for them. They have to do it this way because nobody in their right mind supports somebody whose main thing is to control others. So, like a chameleon, <laughs> like a chameleon or a, a skunk, whenever they're threatened, the leftists lie because that's the only way they can survive in the face of people who want to be free. And like an artist that uses many different ways to put his, uh, his, his vision onto his, his, uh, his media, they come out with all kinds of lies and propaganda, but their first love and lies has always been and always will be accusing others of what they're doing at the moment. We, me, you, everybody else out there, we call this projection. And this is their favorite form because it's very confusing for most of the people. And they never have proof of their charge, but that's not the point. They do this so the pro-freedom side is always on the defensive against this stupid indictment they're being being lobbed their way. But you know what they have never accused the right of wanting to do? They've never accused the pro-freedom side of wanting to confiscate guns. Have you ever noticed they never make that accusation? Which has always made me scratch my bald head. They're careful in never projecting that particular little lie. Now, could it be that the reason they don't do that is because there is evidence that that is not the case? So it would be a very obvious outright lie. And then does this then point to everything else they say as being the outright lie? Because they obsess day and night about confiscating civilian-owned guns. Well, if you're the wrong kind of civilian. Constantly, they're trying just to figure out who has what. New schemes to identify gun owners. They refer to this as expanding background checks or universal background checks. And these are all abominations. of The background check itself is an abomination of the Constitution. They sell it as a way to... Uh, to save lives. But they never explain how that's going to work. And the reason they don't is because they can't, because it would, it's a lie anyway. Now, like all things, they want to compile lists, which is something that every socialist, leftist, communist, fascist, they always want to get your name. They want to register you. Then they've got the extra taxes and the insurance, which is just for the fun of it, just to, just to you know, exhaust you to a certain degree. And then... 
just like with the Nazis and the defunct USSR. Confiscation then occurs against their political opposition. And that's the Holy Grail. And they talk about it all the time, and they lie talking about it all the time. Red flag laws. This is their foray into this. This is their incremental confiscation, where they go in and they do something against somebody that might, might commit a crime some down. They haven't so far. If you own a gun legally in the United States, that means you're not a felon, right? So um, how uh, when they come in and take your guns for nothing, that's confiscation. Safe sword laws. They want you to. They, they want to be able to impose safe storage laws on you, so you can. They can come into your house, and if you got, haven't gone out and say bought a Liberty safe, we'll talk about them later. You haven't bought a Liberty safe, then they can take your guns because you're not complying with safe storage. They're always looking for a way. Then they want to. They, they always want to narrow the scope of what is permissible. Always want to. Yeah. And then. Recently, our heroes like cocaine Mitch McConnell and John, oh my God, Horton, or, or excuse me, Cornyn, and Trader Tom Tillis, they gave them 20 miles from the inch that is the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And they tried to explain to the coalition of the gullible that if you give the gun grabbing ghouls an inch, they'll take a mile. That proves that the pro freedom folks were correct. This means, now, look, firearms are just, uh, that's almost a avatar. Because if they can come in there and say, well, we're going to take your guns, then isn't this about private property? What are they going to want to control next? We already know what they want to control. They want to control your car, your gas stove, your ceiling fan. They want to change, they want to change the definition of who is a gun dealer now. And uh, I sell guns from time to time. Most of the time I'm selling them to Dewey's. But, I mean, you know, I sell them from time to time. Now, the gun-grabbing ghouls are concerned with, you know, the people they're concerned with can usually pass the existing background check system. So it should be obvious that these are meant to catch as many transfers as possible so they can build an illegal and unconstitutional gun registry. So then we get to the point where we have to ask permission from the, you know, from the government. And that will be the last, the left's next step of this unconstitutional abomination is allowed to stand. You can bet on it. And they chose to make this wondrous announcement just before a long holiday, just before Labor Day. And it's almost as if they don't want anybody to notice this and forget to let them know what we think of it when they open the comment period. It's not just guns. It's not just guns. Cars, gas stoves, what else are they? They're, they're, they're doing away with ceiling fans. They probably want to do away with dishwashers. They want to do away with everything that you, before long it'll be air conditioning, That's what, I mean, what are we going to be living in then? What are we going to be living in then? The barn? 
So right now, right about now, especially if you're one of the doomers, if you're one of the doomers, you should be picking up the phone and calling your representative and telling them to get on the stick. And never let it slide. Never let this slide. You can't ever sit back and say, well, I did my part. You got to do it again tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. On the text line, Bill, it's kind of tough to protect your family if your gun's locked away. That's the point. That's the point. But you knew that. You knew that. I appreciate the text, but you knew that already. That's the whole point. That's not a bug in this little plan. That's a feature. They want you to be a victim. They want you to be in a place. As a matter of fact, if you're not a victim, we become like England. In England, if you use a gun in self-defense, guess what? The guy that broke into your house can sue you and you're going to jail. I mean, there was one guy that I think it was the uh, Cherry family, right? They were broken into by the same guy or the same bloke, as they would say, broken in by the same guy uh, four or five times. And on the f fourth or fifth time, Mr. Cherry had had enough. So he pulled out his licensed double barreled shotgun and popped him. He didn't kill him. And he popped him, I think, with like birdshot or something. And uh, they, they put him in jail. Put him in jail. I mean... Dude, when dude shows up at your house for, on the fourth occasion, I mean, don't you know him by name? Why don't you just offer him a cup of tea and ask him if, he could like, if he'd like to have a sit down and have a crumpet or two? It's not just guns. You know, a lot of people go, oh, Bill, you talk about it way too much. It's not just guns. That's an avatar. They want it all. They want everything you got. And most importantly, they want your freedom. Well, I know who the next Bud Light is going to be. I know who that's going to be. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Yeah, nobody should ever want to be the next Bud Light, let me tell you. Nobody should ever want to do that. And they do it to themselves. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I do not own a gun safe. I own guns, but I do not own a gun safe. What I have are 400-pound toolboxes on wheels that are upstairs that if somebody can get upstairs and manage to turn that corner and get this loaded loaded toolbox out the door and get it down the stairs, they probably deserve it. But it's probably going to kill them on the way down. right? And I secure it with a key. The analog way. Could it be broken into? Yes, of course. But it, the plausibility of that being able to be done quick is low. So I do that because, one... Your, your traditional gun safe that you see out there in most of the places where you find one, a safe should be like the safe you find in your uh, in, in your typical bank. Not Maybe not that many doors and everything, just the single door. 
And they're very expensive, and that's why I don't have one, because they're very, very expensive. Well, one of the ones that I've always thought was a very respected name out there, they apparently maintain a back door to every gun safe that they sell that has some sort of electronic digital to it, and they gave it to the FBI, that being Liberty Safe. They could, and from the Hodge twins, the feds called the manufacturer of Liberty Gun Safe and got the passcode to get into it, too, all for protesting at the Capitol two and a half years ago. Now, what are they doing maintaining a back door on a gun safe? Didn't you buy it? Is it yours? Do you own it? See, this is one of my, my biggest gripes about digital anything. Like, I have an extensive music collection with uh, iTunes. And when I die, what happens to that? It just doesn't exist anymore because I don't have a password. Nobody doesn't have a password. I may, uh, I may, uh, you know, I may uh, do something, uh, you know, maybe give the password away and let somebody continue to use it, whatever it is. But I don't know. You know, this digital nonsense is almost like you're not buying it. Because if they reserve the right to give access to whoever may call them, if they have a really impressive alphabet name, hi, I'm, 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 XYZ, I'm Agent Bill with XYZ, Agent Orange with XYZ, I need the uh, backdoor code to the Liberty Gun Safe, please. This guy was accused of being in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. They went and arrested this cat at gunpoint, charged with one felony and three misdemeanors related to his presence on January 6th, two and a half years later. And they ransacked his house, and they wanted to confiscate the guns from his safe. Remember I said they're always looking for a way to confiscate your guns. And Liberty Safe quite unabashedly said, yeah, we did it. <laughs> And uh, they gave them accommodation to break into the gun safe simply because they produced a warrant to search Hughes' home. But not the gun safe. Was the gun safe on the warrant? See, warrants have to be specific. They can't just get out there and say, we're going to go and take everything there. they got to be looking for something. Right? Now, they did put out a statement, which is sort of like, you know, it's like saying, oh, I want a glass of milk. And somebody dips a white crayon under some water, stirs it around, and gives you this sort of white water. And says, oh, here you go. Here's your milk. They said, on August 30th, 2023, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI requesting the access code to the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to a property. Why is it so broad? After receiving the request, we received proof of the valid warrant, and only then did we provide them with an access code. Liberty Safe had no knowledge of any of the details surrounding the investigation at the time. Why do you have a code? Then we go on with this. They're devoted to protecting the personal property and Second Amendment rights of our customers and have repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without pre proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance in federal and state law and reasonable consumer uh, privacy protections within the law. And first and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving our customers' rights and will remain unwavering in these values. So you know what this is going to mean. Anybody that's out there right now looking for a gun safe, they're going to ask, do you guys maintain a back door? 
see these digital, these, you know, these, these keypad uh, access codes. That's really convenient. Just like everything else about technology today. So convenient. Why, I can watch a video on my phone. So convenient. Safe companies like Liberty are not required to comply with law enforcement requests for combos to break into one of their purchased products unless a court orders them to do so specifically. But they they claim that if they just say, you know, that's, that's a good question on the text line. So does Liberty Safe disclose the backup when they sell them? Probably not. That would be my guess because, you know, If, for example, if you lose your keys or your combination, Liberty requires them to hire a certified locksmith to gain entry. So the owner of the product can't get that code. So Liberty Safe has basically said our, you know, our security is compromised because the security of our safes is compromised because we maintain a master code. Apple doesn't even do that with the iPhone. They will not give them a back door to the iPhone. All they have to do is pick up the phone and make a phone call. Now they're going to have to walk this back, and I, I just don't think it's going to work. You know, I just don't think it's going to work. They're going to get out there and say, well, we're trying to comply with law. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. Listen, I, I get it. I understand it. I've dealt with plenty of gun manufacturers. Jay Jacobson at uh, Franklin Armory, he knows how to dance with the ATF, for example, and he puts out a lot of stuff like the binary trigger. He's the guy that originated the binary trigger, which has withstood the test of time because he knows how to play the game. Uh, but he does it specifically. He does it in detail. These guys are maintaining a master code. Another gun safe company, uh, Fort Knox, they uh, they said they would only divulge safe combinations to law enforcement if a court specifically ordered it or a search warrant specifically named his company. And they are saying they would never do what happened. Browning Safes, champion safe company in American security. Well, nobody, nobody, uh, those guys were not reached in time. So now the question is going to be, like if you go to Cabela's, ask them, hey, do you guys have a back, do you, do you have a back door on this? Because that's a question now. So, I want you to think about this. <laughs> You've got states out there right now that are, no, South Carolina is not, without a doubt. But I mean, I don't know, I don't know how close we might be to that becoming a thing. Because most of your politicians have no idea what they're doing when they're talking about the Second Amendment. Um, they want to have a safe storage mandate and a back door to your safe at the same time. Hmm. That's one of those things that make you go, hmm. Remdesivir. That's a lethal weapon. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, that whole thing about informed consent, right? That's that's the key to everything, informed consent. 
GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and the podcast is available for free on the free Odyssey app. Now, during, during the COVID thing, what a doctor should have done is with a hospitalized COVID patient, he should have sat down next to him and said, we can give you remdesivir, which killed 53% of the patients in an Ebola trial. It was so bad, they had to shut it down. And if you look at the fact sheet, it says not a lot of people have used remdesivir. Serious and unexpected side effects may happen. Or we could give you ivermectin, a safe and effective drug that's been successfully used for decades and send you home. Which would you prefer? Well, the reason they didn't do that is because using the ivermectin send you home would have been a 3200 The federal government would have paid the hospital $3,200. If they give you remdesivir, the government pays the entire hospital bill plus a 20% bonus. So they had a choice to receive $3,200 or $500,000, which is the average hospital bill. So no contest. Patients were going to get remdesivir, whether they wanted to or not. So there was no information. There was no consent. Patients were reduced to victims. They were a means to financial gain. And to a, 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 you know, it, it was almost experimental. And informed consent has been enshrined in numerous rulings over the, you know, over the course of time. And as the foundation of ethical medical practice seared into the conscience from the Nuremberg trials, because seven Nazi doctors were hanged in Germany by an American military tribunal for murders, tortures, and other atrocities committed in the name of medical science. And yet. During the time of COVID, murders, tortures, and other atrocities was exactly what was committed by medical staff in the hospitals against thousands of Americans during COVID. Like Ray Lamar, he arrived in the emergency room with a message written with a black Sharpie pen on his arm. No vent, no remdesivir. On the other arm, he had the same message and put his wife's name and phone number. And they gave him remdesivir anyway without even telling him. And now his widow wonders what she could have done to save him. Christine Johnson told the doctors that she discussed all of her medications with her daughter, who's a nurse, and she concluded that she didn't want remdesivir. And that didn't matter. She was given remdesivir while she was sleeping. And now that nurse, Michelle, she doesn't have her mom. Rebecca Stevens liked to read the Epic Times, and she learned all about the dangers of remdesivir, and she declined it on five separate occasions. And they didn't care what Rebecca wanted. She was given remdesivir without her knowledge, and now there's five grandsons without a grandmother. Now, this is a guy named Michael Hamilton. He's a lawyer for several families who are suing California hospitals for the murder of their loved ones. And he was asked, how is it possible to give him remdesivir to patients without them knowing? 
And he said, they'd lie straight at your face. You tell a nurse that you didn't want remdesivir, and she'd say, fine, but you're a bit dehydrated, so let's get some fluids in you, hook up an IV. It was remdesivir. Another thing they, they like to do was to, uh, you know, pop them with some morphine or some fentanyl, and while they're laying there in a stupor, guess what? Have a little remdesivir. If you manage to live through this, well, they had some other stuff, but maybe you might need to be ventilated. And uh, a lot of patients turn down being vented because the whole process is a nightmare. Your lungs start to shred. You may acquire bacterial pneumonia, which the hospital will refuse to treat. But when money's at stake, no's not enough. The medical staff's preferred method of gaining consent, quote-unquote, was relentlessly bullying and screaming and coercion and threats until the patient finally caved. Ray Lamar, his, his widow Patty, told them that when she refused to let them ventilate her husband, they screamed at her over and over again, you're killing him, you're killing him, you're killing him, and she couldn't take it anymore. And she gave in, and they, they vented him, and he died. And she lives with that now. The attorney talked about a nurse who was hospitalized in the place that she had worked for for 26 years. She refused ventilation, and the doctor said, screamed at her, you're refusing medical advice. Now your insurance company won't pay your hospital bill when you die. Do you want to bankrupt your family? So she panicked, and she consented. Two days later, she was dead. The ultimate denial of the whole thing about informed consent was they refused to allow the patient to leave. You lost all of your rights when you went into the hospital. Patty Myers made a documentary, Making a Killing, Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson said they became prisoners. A cottage industry of hospital rescues cropped up as desperate family members hired lawyers to try to spring their loved ones out of the hospital care. And in every case, when one lawyer succeeded to get a patient's case before a judge and they ruled in the family's favor, the patient went home and survived. And when they refused to hear the case, the patient died. I can see. I can see the. Uh, I can see this right here. This is. Uh, this is what they want to do again. I have a very good doctor. My general practitioner is very good. He's a, he listens. He looks. He investigates. He doesn't just get out there. He's not a shade tree. He doesn't try things you know, to see what's going on. Uh, I expect that from every physician that touches me. And if they fail, I walk away. I had one instance where I went to something for, uh, what was it, for occupational, occupational medicine. I got hurt at work. And... Uh, I went in there and they tried to take my blood pressure the old school way, which made it seem like I was a, a uh, you know, a, a bloody water feature. I should have been spouting blood out of every orifice based on their, their, uh, their reading. And that's uh, because it was incorrect. But they came in with a whole bunch of drugs and I said, I'm not taking that. And then they came in with a couple of guys and I said, oh, so you guys think you're going to force me to take some drugs today? Well, I'm glad we're in a medical place because one of you, maybe both of you, you're going to need a doctor. And then somebody came in and took my uh, blood pressure with a cuff. And guess what? It was normal. They almost gave me a bunch of medication for no reason. 
So they didn't even want to give me informed consent on that one. I just was in a position where I could force it. We're going to have to fight back because it's coming from every corner. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to, you're going to have to live up to your obligations. Sometimes, I'm sorry, people, you're just going to have to do that. Um, talking about, uh, very shortly, the college loan, the, the educational loan payments are going to renew. They're going to start now. They're going to resume. The loan payments start next month. They have been paused for over three years. And uh, 45% or more of the borrowers expect to be delinquent on their payments. But that won't count against your credit report or anything. And there's going to be some, there will be quite a few involuntary beneficiaries of Bionomics who want to, that deal for their mortgage or their credit card. They won't get it. So they bring us, you know, some of these people that got out there and say, well, you know, I, I went and checked my, when, 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 when Biden was out there saying, I'm going to forgive all of these college loans. Well, first of all, sir, you do not have that power. You're not God. You're not the king, you know, because somebody's going to pay for that. Somebody's going to have to pay those colleges for that or that finance company or whatever it is. And uh, so we come to this nice Cheerful young woman, Rochelle Brooks. She knows the power of higher education. Having been a homeless single mother who says college pulled her out of poverty. Holy moly. She's, she's a hero. She's, you know, she's the one that we want to look at and say, whoa, that's what we want. Tremendous internal fortitude. Living the American dream. She got a house, kids, boyfriend, she's pregnant, and she's an L.A. public school principal. So what's the problem then with student loans and repaying them? Well, her balance, she looked at her balance and it's at $230,000. Now, looking at that, you say, okay, well, when are you doing your next brain surgery? But then she was asked, how many degrees do you have? And she said, I've got an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, two master's degrees, teaching credential, and a doctorate degree. When asked if she could have done that without taking out student loans, she said, absolutely not. So she went to Sheepskin Mart and just got, you know, got the credit card and just kept swiping it over and over and over and over. She just kept charging the degrees since she was, you know, by the checkout register. And now she doesn't want to pay for them. She said that $700 a month could be food, it could be gas, it could be bills paid. Well, here's the thing. It's very simple to look. When, whenever you're a civil employee, working for the state, the city, you know, your base salaries are always published, right? 
So a school site principal annual salary in elementary school districts is going to make anywhere from $116,000 to $136,000 a year annually. That's for elementary. For middle school, uh, anywhere from 122 to 142. For high school, anywhere from 137 to 139. I don't know why it's less than middle school, but you know what I'm saying. Depends on the enrollment. So, here's my thing. If you're that smart enough to get all those degrees, aren't you smart enough to know better? If you're going to be in charge of children's education, whatever level it may be, shouldn't you have the gumption and the integrity to do the right thing? <laughs> uh, you could have been paying for this interest-free all this time. You sit back and you look at this, and you're like, why did you trot her out? Why aren't you trotting out some, you know, a, a, a working actress barista that can't get a job because they got a degree in women's studies? And uh, that that's how you make us feel bad. You don't bring a school principal to us that don't want to pay our bills. <sighs> I would say it makes my brain hurt, but I've gotten so used to it. I just, you know, okay. Hey, I'm going to do this all over again in about 22 hours just because I'm addicted to it. You're listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.